Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doylestown Presbyterian Church. It's clear these days it's tough to make time. Schedules quickly become busy and calendars suddenly become full. To that end, DPC is excited to now offer this podcast channel, which will allow you to hear a recording of Sunday's sermon from that day's preacher. Whether you listen while taking an evening stroll, driving to and from the grocery store, or anytime you get a free couple of minutes, we hope it can allow for reflection and spiritual growth during your week. We also invite you to visit www.dtownpc.org to learn more about our church, our various ministries, and online giving opportunities. Thank you for tuning in. Think of a moment when you had some hard news to share. It might have been telling a student that she had failed the final exam, or telling a finalist that the job went to another candidate. It could have been that moment when you inform your children the family is moving, which means they will be leaving behind all of their friends, or that day you had to tell that a loved one had died. In moments like that, the message itself carries this kind of weight upon us. We try to anticipate how the recipient of that news will react and may even practice various responses. And then we come to the moment when we, in fact, share that word. If you can remember a time like that in your own life, or if you're in the midst of such a moment right now, then you can clearly empathize with what was stirring in Daniel on the day recorded in our text. For in that moment long ago, that Jewish man had been brought into the presence of King Nebuchadnezzar to explain a royal dream. It was something that he had done before, but this time was different. Our passage begins with the king having just recounted the dream, and then turning to Daniel, who's also referred to as Belteshazzar in our passage, and says to them, him, all the wise men in my kingdom have been unable to interpret this dream, but I know that you are able, for you have the spirits of the gods. Daniel, we are told in that instant, is distressed because he knows the dream will explain that soon things will come to an end for Nebuchadnezzar. We don't know why he is worried. Perhaps he has grown fond of the king, maybe because he fears the wrath of the king. But whatever it is, Nebuchadnezzar notices his hesitation and says, feel free to tell me the dream and its interpretation. It's then that Daniel begins, and he says, may this dream be for those who hate you, and its interpretation for all of your enemies. He knows it's not so. He knows this message is intended explicitly for Nebuchadnezzar, but he's trying to ease into sharing the message. He says to the king, the dream spoke of this tall tree, and that is you. 
For you have grown taller than all. You have power over all the earth. You're sovereign over the world. He then goes on to explain how in the dream this tree is cut down. And that it symbolizes how Nebuchadnezzar's reign will soon draw to a close. He goes on to offer other imagery from that vision of a stump, of mist, of animals, to tell the king that he will have some kind of mental illness ahead. For he says, you will eat grass like the oxen. And then after all of that, he offers a word of advice. He says, repent of your sins. Make up for all of your iniquities with acts of righteousness and caring for the oppressed. And then your reign will endure a while longer. Now, knowing the content of what Daniel has just had to explain, we can understand why he was so worried ahead of time. And despite this troubling report, our text doesn't offer any reaction from Nebuchadnezzar. Instead, it moves ahead, as we will do next Sunday, in simply telling of how that dream is realized and fulfilled in 12 months' time. And yet, given for me all that we knew was stirring within Daniel, what really strikes me about this moment is how he grew in confidence and boldness as he moved further into the interpretation, in particular the way he contrasted that earthly king with the eternal king. For he explained that the only reason he knew the meaning of that dream was because the Most High had given it to him. And the Most High is another term used for God. He goes on to talk about this hardship that will come upon Nebuchadnezzar until you have learned that the Most High has sovereignty over the kingdom of mortals and gives it to whom it will. He further goes on and speaks of how your kingdom shall be reestablished for you from the time you learn that heaven is sovereign. And it is then that he offers this counsel about offering deeds of compassion for those who are hurting. In sum, he was trying to tell that earthly king, that the sovereign of all creation, in fact, seeks for us, for all human beings, to offer deeds that care for the hurting ones of creation. I once heard of a story of an event that came to me as true, uh, of a time perhaps in the early 20th century. It was a bitterly cold winter day. It was set in a large city in our country. And it tells of a boy, a young boy, who is standing shivering over one of those grates, maybe being warmed by the air of the subway cars as it passed over beneath. His clothes were tattered. And this woman, who was appropriately dressed for the weather, came upon him and started a conversation. And and she learned that he was a child of the street. Now, had that encounter happened in our day, she likely would have called 911 or Child Protective Services, but in an era gone by, she instead took that child to the store and bought clothes for him, including a hat and glove and scarves. She then took him 
to get him a good meal. And of course, the child was overwhelmed with gratitude, and he kept thanking her for what she had done until he said, are you God's mother? And the woman said, no, I I am just a child of God. And he said, I could tell that you were related. (laughs) Daniel, Daniel was trying to explain to this king of long ago that one of the clearest signs of sovereignty, in particular of God's sovereignty, is the way that he cared for the most vulnerable ones in his realm. One scholar pointed out that throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, there's this clear connection with explaining God's sovereignty and the ways that it is expressed in caring for the economically and socially vulnerable. And that the failure to defend the vulnerable was a sign of weakness or corruption or ineptitude by an earthly king and a fundamental rejection of God's sovereignty. Daniel wanted that king to know that the way to display the source of his own authority is in how he cared for those hurting in his society, and that same word comes to us from one we know as the king of kings. We hear that message in our New Testament reading that offers us only half of a parable that Jesus told to describe the end of time when he would come back as the eternal judge. And it opens with how this judge separates the nations out as sheep and goats. And to the ones who have been redeemed, he says to them, come, enter into the kingdom that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. He speaks of how that has occurred because of the way they had cared for him when he was hungry or thirsty, when he was a stranger or naked, when he was sick or in prison. And the ones who hear that explanation don't understand. They don't realize when, in fact, they had done that sort of thing. And so they ask the king when that had happened. And Jesus says, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it unto me. Well, that passage is the basis, biblical basis, for our Matthew 25 initiative as we engage in the effort to take on structures that continue racist behaviors in our land. And yet, when you hear Jesus' words again in this original piece, it's clear that he's talking about more than that as well. And that one of the clearest evidence of how we, in fact, recognize our king One of the clearest signs of his continuing power in our lives and this world comes in those moments when we offer deeds of compassion toward those who are hurting. A year before, the world was shut down with pandemic. A member of this congregation came to see me. It was part of a continuing conversation he and I had about 
trying to understand what really is the essence of the Christian life. And he expressed to me in that moment something that I'd heard him say before, namely that as far as he was concerned, what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ was to show compassion as Jesus had shown compassion. And on this particular day, he brought with him this statement that he had written out articulating those kinds of convictions. And I was so impressed by it, I have kept it in my office in a place where it's visible for me day after day. Well, this morning, I chose to include that in the liturgy as our affirmation of faith. And so for those of you in the sanctuary, we would encourage you to pull out your bulletin. The words will be shown online for you and would say to you that unlike our typical pattern with affirmation of faith, this one isn't directly drawn from Scripture. It isn't a direct citation of one of the creeds, but instead the words of one of our own. And would invite you to speak those words aloud with me. We are a community of Christians united through the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, dedicated to follow his word, to love our neighbors, whoever and wherever they may be, and share and sustain the bounty of creation for all humanity. As Christ lived and died preaching compassion, we make this sacred vow to go and do likewise, to serve faithfully as a bridge for Christ and a beacon of his love, building a world of peace, justice, and harmony. Friends, when we do that, when we carry out acts like that, what we are in fact extending is signs of our sovereign claiming again the way that God's care begins in those very places and moments, and of our call to reflect the same, because we know that the least of these are members of his and our family, too. Let us pray. We give thanks, O oh God, for the glimpse that we have of your abiding compassion, a gift that we have experienced, a challenge that we have taken on as your children. We pray that you will guide us in our efforts to ever more fully live out that call, to recognize the moments when we can be your hands and feet and to offer the very love that you intend, the same love that we have received. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on your journey of faith. Don't forget to check out www.dtownpc.org to explore all the ways DPC strives to be a bridge for Christ and a beacon of his love.